Well, this is interesting, isn't it? Um, more than 12 years on from the Fukushima nuclear disaster, Japanese authorities have begun releasing treated radioactive wastewater into the Pacific Ocean. Big question mark to that one. Despite major concerns among some over the potential environmental and health impacts. Well, joining me in the studio is Nigel Marks, Associate Professor of Science and Engineering Faculty here at Curtin University. Nice to see you, Nigel. This is a big subject. Can we reflect about 12 from 12 years ago yeah so if we go back to 2011 there was of course the uh, earthquake and the tsunami and the reactor was overwhelmed and what went wrong was that they didn't have backup power that was protected from the ocean the backup power got wet and then eventually over a few days the reactors overheated and then eventually there was a a chemical explosion so that's that's what happened you know 12 years ago and as a result so at the time there was there was a fairly widespread release of radiation, not as bad as Chernobyl, but kind of up there. Uh, a lot of it was dispersed into the ocean, but some onto the land. And so it's now just been a massive clean-up operation ever since. So yeah. it's a, it was a terrible disaster, and yeah, Japan's still paying a big price. Nuclear plants. <laughs> the world seems to need it, but we question, do we not, the safety aspect. I mean, you, you can't control nature. That's a fact, and they certainly didn't, uh, you know, that they couldn't prevent what happened. But they didn't have backup, and what do they need? I'm, am I asking you something I shouldn't? I don't know. No, it's a fair question. So the, the, yeah. the big thing that as people look back on that that particular disaster at at the time japan didn't have an independent regulator and so the industry was uh was both its promoter and its protector and that was a was a real mistake so people had did, had expressed concerns before uh, and if in other countries the regulator could have forced them to have had you know further levels of protection but once their backup generators were, were flooded they, they were doomed there was no way they were ever no, going to no. recover so when you say protectors do we have safeguards now well, so in Japan now they have an independent nuclear regulation authority and they could say this is a risk and you have to do something about so it. So who would that be? So in Japan that's called the NRA. So, so it's from Japan? It's complete, they have it? completely okay. separate. So in most okay. countries the regulator and the industry body are two completely separate entities. But Good in thing. Japan at the time they were the one body and that was kind yeah. of the, the logistical error. We learned the hard way. Yeah. If they had been in place, if they did have a protector there so-called and advice had been given just in case a natural disaster like this could happen... What would they have protect? What would they have done to protect against you know, Mother Nature? Oh, well, the, the, the obvious thing was to put the the diesel backup generators on the roof instead of in the basement. Oh. Uh, and the other option would be to have other backup generators that you could fly in. Like it took three or four days for it to go bad. So. If they'd been, yeah. just, it would have been quite straightforward. They just lost electrical power. That's the irony. It's a, it's a power station that yeah. produces electricity that had no electricity, and and then it was done. We feel a bit safer now. Oh, it's much safer. Yeah, they've. Like, every, it's a bit like flying in a plane. You know, every so often things go wrong. They fall, and then people learn from it. And you know, a bit like air crash investigations, yeah. and it rarely happens again because it's the uh, industry learns. A result of the out. disaster, though. I mean, as far as life is concerned, and you know, construction and that sort of thing, it must have been devastating. And how much radiation is left there? So the radiation that's left there is well, is mainly in the damaged reactor buildings, uh, which is related to the current release, yeah. and also it's it, it's spread out in the the surrounding area, uh, a radius of I don't know twenty k's or something like that. So there's a fairly is it habitated heavily, around there? It's gradually being gradually. repopulated. It'll take a long time. It'll be and testing a long time. How, how long does it last in the in the ground? So that there's two 
there's two, uh, you'd call them bad isotopes, uh, cesium and strontium, and they both take roughly 30 years to reduce to half their wow, level. Wow, that's so, a lot. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're the two bad ones. Yeah. Uh, nuclear plants around the world, well, I'm getting off track here a little bit. Are, right. they, are they all protected these days? Well, everyone learnt their yeah. lessons after it. So, like I said, it's like, it's hard, like planes, yeah. <laughs> it's a hard way to learn, isn't it? It's a mm. terrible situation. Now, what is happening? Why are they putting this nuclear wastewater into the ocean? Yeah, so first of all, I have to say it, it does sound like a terrible idea, um, but it, I'll, I'll explain for why yeah, it isn't. Sure. But um, yeah, the reason they need to do, or what, the reason why the government is doing what they're doing is that as part of the ongoing cooling, so the the, react, the damaged reactors are still hot or warm, probably a better way to say it, and so they have water constantly uh, circulated over them to... To, to keep them cool and there's also rainwater just kind of seeps into the You're talking the about building. Fukushima? This is at the Fukushima okay, plants, yeah. Right. So it's a it's a damaged reactor facility. Right. And so as part of kind of keeping everything still okay, they accumulate uh, an enormous amount of water every day. And so they store that these in temporary tanks which are scattered all over the site. There's more than a thousand. And then these tanks are then put through a cleaning system that gets rid of all the, the bad ones, like the, the strontium and the cesium I was saying. Um, but even after you've done your best, there's one thing that you can't remove, which is a, a relatively mild, or it's a, I would say it's a very mild uh, radioactive element called tritium, which is a form of hydrogen. And that's chemically bound into the water and is basically impossible to remove on an industrial scale. So they've got rid of all the, the bad the bad radioactivity, and there's this one thing left, which is... Well, there's, there's tiny fractions of yeah. other things, but there's essentially, for, for purposes of discussion, there's one thing left that they just can't do anything about, and that's this tritium. And how dangerous is that? Not at all. That's, that's ah, the thing. That's, that's the what thing. we wanted to hear. Yeah, and the thing is that... So, ordinary reactors like this, you know, 400-plus around the world, they, they release tritium all the time. It's very well... People aren't aware of it, but it's... It's very mm. safe. It's been released at far higher amounts than what Japan is planning to do. So as part of routine operation, excess tritium, which is, again, chemically bound up in the water, uh, it's either evaporated or more commonly released into waterways, like English Channel or, or, or the ocean or, or rivers. So uh, it's not, it, it sounds very strange to people that you would release radioactive anything into the ocean, but it's been happening forever and Gosh, it's, it's never done anything that. bad. Well, this it's raised a lot of concern, hasn't it? Because obviously they're not educated enough to know what you're telling us. It's very complicated, yeah. Yes, and it's, uh, yeah. It's, um, yeah, here in Australia, we most people get their radioactive knowledge from The Simpsons, you know. We don't, <laughs> it's, it's just not part of everyday discussion. No, and, yeah. Um, it's in, where is it going? Into the Pacific Ocean? Yeah, into the Pacific, okay. that's right. And with tide, you know, moving it around, it's going to go into other areas, isn't it? Well, that's the weird thing. Like, you you would imagine that would be the case, but the amount they're releasing is so small compared okay. to what's already... So there's already tritium in the ocean from natural courses and also from human sources. So it's so just not going to hurt the marine life or anything? No, no, that's the okay. thing. Like, it's uh, there's, there's tritium in rain. Oh, um, OK. Yeah, it just gets produced in the sky, so... Yeah, I guess it's, it's sounds horrible, doesn't it? But uh, no, I'm it's not. No, well, no, I know you. No, no, you're, no, put, you're like, putting us at ease. No, it's, it's not horrible at all. It's very normal. I guess that's it just the problem. sounds it. That's all. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we need people like you to clear it up. Yeah. Well, you know, this obviously has been, you know, a little bit upsetting to everyone that's con you know concerned in it, mm. and yourself too. I can see that. That's a, a good thing. But the more you talk about the fact it is okay, will it go on forever, or will they once they dump a certain amount, that'll be it? 
Well, they've they've been the government has chosen such a slow release rate that's going to take them about thirty or forty years. Oh, wow. yeah, it's a long time. They could have probably done it in a, a few years. That would have yeah, been fine. But they're following all the rules. Well, it's not not really rules. They're just worried yeah. about how it would be perceived. So they've chosen an incredibly conservative yeah. release rate. But then it goes on forever and people attack them for that too well we've learned a lot haven't we and you said it straight <laughs> the fish aren't going to die and uh, it's a great thing and i'll be cautious about the rain i'll put the umbrella up okay <laughs> thank you so much for joining us i really appreciate that nigel